The Graphic Histories Podcast. Welcome back to the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette, and I will be your host. And this is episode number five. I'd like to give a big thank you to Ookla the Mock for our theme song, Superpowers. Love that song. Love that band. Make sure to check them out. And check me out a little more if you have the opportunity. Just hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to this on so that you don't miss any future episodes. And also send me some fan mail. On the website, graphichistories.ca, we have a link to an email address and also a contact form. Drop me a line, let me know if you like the show, give me any tips, comments, anything you'd like to see, any future subjects or guests you'd like to have on the show. Let me know and I'll do my best to make those dreams come true. So, not much going on in the, the wide world of comics. It sounds like single issues are now starting to hit the comic shops again, which is really nice to see. It's nice to pick up those little floppy paperbacks every week. I picked up a big amount not too long after everything kind of closed up, powered through it, ready for more. So, uh, are you, uh, if you're going to send me a message, you're going to comment, are you guys single issue comic fans? Or are you the graphic novel comic fans? You like the whole story in one, or you like to digest it in pieces throughout the week? I'm a little of both. I really enjoy, I've been rereading, fab- or not rereading, starting to read Fables. So I've never read it before, and I've had the whole collection. But now I'm getting around to actually sitting and reading the entire thing through, and I'm almost finished. And it is amazing. It's really nice to be able to sit, grab a whole volume of something, read through it, and then grab the next one right after. It just makes a seamless transition to kind of lose yourself into that immersive world. It is a fantastic book. If you haven't read it, I'm sure you've heard of it. If you're in comic circles, I would highly suggest it. After I'm done, I'm going to read the spin-off Jack of Fables. And then I might move on to Why the Last Man. I have the set of that. I haven't read that yet either. So get that on that read pile. Uh, other news going on, Labyrinth is getting a sequel for all those David Bowie fans out there. I know Mr. Bowie is no longer with us, so he won't be able to be in the movie, but it is getting made, which is pretty cool. Scott Derrickson is directing it, the director of Doctor Strange um, and several other movies. He's a very cool director. He does some really interesting stuff, and I think he'd be he's an interesting choice, very interesting choice for that type of movie so I'm looking forward to seeing that as well I watched that movie later in life didn't see it as a kid I think I watched it when I was probably in my early 20s a friend suggested we watch it I really enjoyed it Uh, a standout for me was Sir Didymus the um, I guess he was a fox that rode a dog very interesting character but I thought he was hilarious and definitely a standout for me so hopefully Mr. Didymus will, uh, will make a return in this future book or or movie story but uh, who knows it's a wide open view i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it so the subject of tonight's edition is jane foster a uh, around since almost the inception of marvel comics she's been a standby in thor comics ever since his first ep- issue and continues to be a very powerful force especially now in the marvel universe she's gone from love interest to sidekick 
to love interest, to forgotten about, to returned, to becoming Thor herself, and now a whole other character named Valkyrie. So it is a very interesting story. So let's dive right into it. Early on, Jane's life was stricken with tragedy when her mother perished from cancer. With a nine-year-old and now a widower, Jane's father, a plumber by trade, worked two jobs to provide for his child. Despite the unfortunate situation, Mr. Foster gave his daughter a great childhood, never missing her baseball games and always attending her birthdays and school events, his hard work allowing his daughter to attend medical school and become one of the top of her field in nursing. Sadly, her father died from complications of a heart attack soon after his little girl started her career. Eventually, she was hired by Dr. Donald Blake to assist in his medical practice. Unbeknownst to Jane and the world at large, Blake was the human identity for Asgardian exile and son of Odin, the mighty Thor. Acting as his right-hand woman, Ms. Foster joined her employer on a trip to San Diablo, where two political factions were at war. The Civil War had created a shortage of medical personnel, and doctors from the United States came to the war-torn area to offer their help. Once there, it was revealed the executioner was attempting to destroy medical supplies and keep the nation at odds, but the intervention of Thor prevented the devious villain's plot. During these events, Blake fell deeply in love with Jane, but remained unable to tell her the truth about his dual identity. Ms. Foster was infatuated with Thor and often babied Blake over his seemingly frail health, a condition imposed upon him by Odin in a bid to teach him humility. This bothered Blake as he questioned whether Jane could ever love him for him, a normal man with a god inside. Thor's half-brother, the trickster god Loki, took the form of an elderly man and infiltrated Blake's office, hypnotizing Jane into becoming his unwilling puppet. With her under his control, Loki confronted his brother in the form of Donald Blake. Transforming into his heroic alter ego, the Thunder God was challenged to a contest in Central Park. Upon the acceptance of his offer, Loki left, and Blake returned to his human form, leaving the office for the day, unaware that Jane was secretly being controlled by the trickster god. During the test of his abilities in the park, Thor was distracted when Jane appeared. Under the mind control of Loki, she was placed directly in the path of a mystical tiger. Left with an impossible decision, the Odin son had to choose between rescuing Jane or retrieving his hammer. At this point, if Thor was separated from the hammer for a short length of time, he would revert back to his human form. Choosing the object of his affections and dispatching the tiger, the Thunder God then transformed back into Blake and was unable to retrieve his weapon as it was placed in a force field by Loki. Reviving Jane, Donald returned to her home and eventually overcame his situation to defeat his brother and prevent the enslavement of the world. After these events, the two were kidnapped by a low-level villain named Thug Thatcher. In becoming Thor to deal with the threat, the God of Thunder contemplated telling Jane the truth, wishing to finally actualize his feelings for her. At this point of indecision, he was visited telepathically by his father Odin, who demanded he not act upon this impulse, wishing his son to keep his identity secret. Unaware of all of this, Jane encountered an injured jewel thief and his partners on the streets of New York. Coercing her to take them to Blake's office, the thief demanded medical attention, but was foiled when Blake managed to become Thor and hurl the criminals to the nearest police station with the use of his hammer. Eventually, Foster realized her attraction to Donald, but decided to leave his practice when it became apparent to her he didn't feel the same way. Unable to reveal his true identity or feelings due to his father's intervention, Blake had no choice but to let her leave. She went on to work for a Dr. Bruce Andrews, but eventually decided to return to her original position in Blake's office, after Bruce folded at the first sign of danger when confronted by the arch-villain, Cobra. Deeming her new boss a coward, Jane decided to take another chance on Dr. Blake. 
Happy to have her back, Blake was then approached by Dr. Calvin Zabo, a discredited scientist looking for a job. Blake denied Calvin's request only to strengthen the mad scientist's resolve as he turned his unethical experiments upon himself. Now with a mysterious serum coursing through his veins, Zabo became Mr. Hyde, a monstrous new villain. During this time, Thor didn't give up on his dream of being with Jane, going so far as to once again demand his father let him tell her the truth. Odin, once again, dismissed his son's wishes and sent him back to his exile on Earth. Hyde sought revenge on Dr. Blake and attacked his office, only to be stopped by a returning Thor. This led Hyde to begin impersonating the God of Thunder whilst he committed various robberies around the city, eventually aligning with Cobra. Returning to battle Thor, the evil duo were defeated, but not before causing an explosion that left Jane near death. Though Odin denied his son's early request, he intervened and healed Miss Foster, realizing how important she truly was to his son. Eventually, Jane became frustrated with her employer and offered him an ultimatum, stating she wouldn't wait around forever for him to declare his love for her. Left at a crossroads once again, Thor petitioned his father to allow him to marry the love of his life. Odin forbade the union on the ground she was a mere mortal. When pressed again, the elf father relented, saying he would allow Thor and Jane to wed if the bride-to-be could prove her bravery and courage. Fate being all too quick to provide an opportunity, Hyde would later capture Blake and Jane and place the doctor in a room with an active bomb. Realizing that only Hyde could stop the bomb from detonating, Jane aided him in escaping in exchange for Blake's life, as she still didn't know of his alter ego. Enraged at this apparent betrayal of his son, Odin doubled down on his rejection of Jane and once again forbade the Thunder God from marrying her. After this event, Jane was often a target by various villains, trying to hurt Thor, who either knew of his secret identity or recognized his connection to the human nurse. Jane continued to stand by Blake, growing even more in love with the good doctor. Finally, Thor went against the wishes of his father and revealed his double life to Jane. Overcome with his deception, Jane left America, taking a mysterious position on Wondagore Mountain. Unaware to Jane at the time, she had entered the employ of the High Evolutionary, a genetics-obsessed madman who desired to alter creatures through cellular manipulation. Thor followed Foster to her new environment and rescued her from her new boss, reuniting the duo and giving them a chance to at last declare their love for one another. Fed up with his father's continued opposition to their union, the God of Thunder spirited Jane to Asgard itself, the home of the Norse gods of myth and Thor's family. There, Odin accepted his son's demands, but only if Jane could prove her ability to handle the power that came with being an Asgardian goddess. Imbued with abilities by the Allfather she couldn't comprehend, Jane failed her test and was returned to Earth and her mortal form, removing her memories of the event. As a final insult to injury, Odin placed Jane in the employ of another doctor named Keith Kincaid, and the two soon grew attracted to one another. In an attempt to get his mind off of Jane, Odin reunited Thor with his former lover, Sif, a beautiful Asgardian from his past. Their romance rekindled, the two went on to form a lasting relationship for several years, though it wasn't until Jane fell ill and called out to Thor in a delirious state. Seeing her partner torn between his feelings for her and Jane, Sif stole an enchanted rune staff from Kamo Tharn, an elder of the universe also known as the Possessor. Using the enchanted item, Sif fused her life force with Jane's. The selfless act revitalized Foster and returned her memories of Asgard and Thor, while Sif seemingly vanished. Reunited, Thor and Jane finally could realize their love, but before the two had time to truly come to terms with the events that had transpired, Jane was captured by trolls under the leadership of Ulick, an old enemy of the Thunder God. However, Foster managed to imprison her captor with his own spear, as Thor dispatched Ulick. Instilled with a new spirit for adventure, Jane demanded Thor take her along on his various exploits, this change in her personality seemingly being a result of Sif's energy within her. Jane went on to visit the dimension of Heliopolis, 
an alternate future of Earth, and a war zone in Costa Verde. Eventually, the duo would visit Asgard, where the Grand Vizier presented Jane with Sif's sword, instructing her to strike it against a wall. In doing so, Jane and Sif would switch forms, surprising all involved, as the Vizier had theorized the process of saving Jane's life had connected the two on a metaphysical level. This allowed for Sif to be in control when they visited Asgard, and Jane when they returned to Earth. As Jane went on a slew of cosmic adventures, her former lover and employer, Dr. Kincaid, began an investigation into Foster's location, as she seemingly disappeared from the hospital after she fell ill. Realizing the cost of their reunion, the two visited Kincaid and revealed the truth to him. They then took the doctor to the world of Kamo Tharn to help him with the answers he was looking for. There they discovered the staff used to heal Jane had actually trapped Sif's true form in another dimension, and when her and Jane switched places, Jane's body was trapped there in exchange. They also revealed that the possessor had trapped an entire world in that dimension, and the group worked together to free the interdimensional prisoners. Upon doing so, Foster was returned along with the other captives, and was therefore free of her connection to Sif. Kincaid and Jane were brought back to Earth where they picked up where they left off, becoming married soon after. As Foster started a new civilian life free of superheroics, she gave birth to a son named Jimmy and became a doctor herself. Her connection to Thor in the superhero community, however, wasn't completely severed, as she worked alongside the Odin son once again when he was in the form of EMT Jake Olson. She also was a consulting physician for Iron Man during the superhero Civil War. Deciding she was against the registration act that started the event, she left Tony Stark's employ to work with the Secret Avengers, helping their various members with injuries incurred during their various superpowered battles. Later, when Thor was seemingly killed by his serpent god uncle during the Fear Itself event, she was visited by the Warriors Three, who told her of her former lover's demise. After word had broke that Donald, Blake, and Thor had returned to the land of the living, Jane was flooded with emotions she had difficulty dealing with. Divorcing her husband and losing custody of her child, Jane was later visited by Blake, who had come to New York seeking the lost spirit of Lady Sif. Believing since the two were connected before that it could be within Jane, the two were surprised to discover that it was in the body of an elderly patient dying of cancer in Dr. Foster's care. The pair managed to restore Sif before the demise of her host and later went on a rocky date in an attempt to reconnect. Jane then decided to leave New York for Broxton, Oklahoma, the new home of Asgard, and open her practice alongside Dr. Blake. As Thor went on to fight his most formidable foe, a demigod known as the God Butcher, Jane received a distressing diagnosis. She was informed that she had breast cancer and needed immediate treatment to begin combating the aggressive tumor. While doing so, she represented Earth in a Congress of Worlds on behalf of Thor and refused any magical intervention in her illness, choosing to use medical techniques to stop her disease. During a battle with Nick Fury, Thor was confronted with a horrifying truth that left him unworthy to wield his hammer. With Mjolnir unable to be possessed except by someone it deemed deserving, it remained where it was dropped, on the moon. Telepathically, however, it reached out to Jane. Unable to deny its call, she asked Asgardian sentry Heimdall to bring her to it. Once there, she was able to lift the enchanted weapon and became transformed into a healthy new body possessing all the powers of Thor. She then went on to use the abilities granted to her to fight evil in its many forms. One of these evils was the accursed dark elf known as Malekith, who formed an alliance with frost giants attempting to return their leader Lafay to life. During this battle, Jane faced the original Thor, who demanded his hammer back. Not knowing her identity as it was obscured by her new form and battle helmet, the original Thor eventually came to accept the woman in his former role, granting her his blessing to continue fighting for justice with his former weapon, and giving her his name. He decided to adopt the name Odinson until he was ready to once again be worthy and wield Mjolnir. 
Odin was enraged that his weapon was now possessed by a stranger, and he sought out the true identity of this new Thor, assembling a group of women he believed could be her alter ego. Going so far as to enlist the aid of his deranged serpent god-brother Kull to apprehend her. Possessing the powerful destroyer armor, Kull did manage to briefly retrieve the hammer, but was foiled by Odin's son and all the other female suspects who helped Thor turn the tide in her favor. Destroying the armor and defeating Kull, Jane managed to keep her identity secret for another day. The Marvel Universe was rocked by an event known as the Secret Wars, when multiple parallel dimensions came into conflict with one another. In a last-ditch effort to save various heroes as Earth was destroyed, Jane was teleported to a life raft that managed to survive the cataclysmic event. Finding herself in a place called Battleworld, Jane sprung into action to restore reality with the other remaining heroes. This Battleworld itself, an amalgamation of various alternate worlds ruled by Doctor Doom. Jane infiltrated their police force known as the Thor Corps, and eventually assisted the other survivors in Doom's defeat and the restoration of the multiverse and their original Earth. With reality restored, Jane remained a senator in the Congress of Worlds while evading Odin and Kull as Thor. Eventually, Odin's son confronted his power-mad father and with the help of Loki stopped a trial Odin had created to punish their mother Frigga for her assistance in helping the new Thor in her adventures. With a near-civil war in Asgard, eventually Odin was able to see the error of his ways and give up his dogged pursuit of the new wielder of his magical hammer. During an encounter with Warbringer, Thor came into contact with various members of Earth's superhero community and agreed to join them in reforming the Avengers. Keeping her identity secret from her teammates, she was eventually separated from her hammer and teleported several days into the future by the time-manipulating supervillain known as Kang the Conqueror. Trapped there was Sam Wilson, who was at that time acting as Captain America. He witnessed her revert to her human form and agreed to keep her secret. When they eventually returned to the proper time, he would attend Jane's chemotherapy sessions to give her company during a difficult process. While continuing her recovery, Jane was called into action when Iron Man recruited all available superheroes to defend Washington, D.C. from the forces of Hydra. During this event, Madame Hydra used a portion of a cosmic cube to alter Mjolnir's enchantment, allowing the strongest rather than the most worthy to wield the hammer. With this alteration, a duplicate evil version of Steve Rogers was able to take the hammer and teleport Jane to another dimension. Exiled in a foreign reality, Jane was met by a farmer named Hecla, who helped her to seek a device that could return Jane to her home realm. During their adventures, Hecla helped Jane create a replacement hammer and suit of armor. This journey resulted in them encountering Yor, a monstrous creature in possession of the device Foster needed. Hecla died during the confrontation, but not before helping Jane retrieve the device and destroy Yor. Mourning her new friend, Thor returned to her reality and reclaimed Mjolnir after the evil Captain America was defeated. After various chemotherapy treatments and no advancement in her recovery, Jane made a startling discovery. Every time she used Mjolnir to transform into Thor, the process would purge all toxins from her body, including the chemicals administered to aid in fighting her breast cancer. Since cancer is a part of the body itself, it remained when she reverted to human form and was growing with no treatments actually helping to reduce its spread. With the worlds under her supervision constantly in need of her, she found herself transforming more and more, and soon after her cancer reached stage 4. Revealing her identity as some within the superhero community, Jane consulted Doctor Strange, who informed her if she became Thor one more time, the result would likely be her death when she returned to human form. With this knowledge, Stephen Strange and Jane's other friends convinced her to give up being Thor to focus on her recovery. Unfortunately, Doctor Foster was unable to keep this promise when Mangog, in a bid to rid the universe of Asgardians, manipulated their now-floating city of Asgardia to soar directly into the sun. Transforming into Thor, Jane went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Bahamut entity, threatening an entire world's destruction. 
In a battle for the ages, Jane was brutally beaten, but managed to bind Mangog with enchanted chains linked to Mjolnir and hurl him into the fiery heart of our solar system. Without her hammer, and the one thing keeping her in the body of a god, Jane shared a kiss with Odin's son before reverting to her human form and succumbing to her disease. Unable to accept his loss, Odin's son took Jane's body to the moon, where the refugees from Asgard had been placed during the battle. There the thunder god channeled the power of the Tempest, an ancient god that had been confined in Mjolnir and was now free after its destruction. Using this power, Odin's son was able to bring Jane back to life with the help of his father Odin. With her hammer gone and a newfound lease on life, Jane was able to return to chemotherapy and focus on her recovery, eventually beating the disease using the medical practices she built her life around. She also convinced Odin's son to reclaim the title of Thor and fight for the realms in her honor. Eventually, Malekith formed a dark council and launched a world-wide battle, invading Midgard, the Asgardian term for Earth. There, Jane joined the fight alongside other Asgardians, becoming a temporary all-mother for them when Frigga left her subjects to join a mission with various superheroes to defend old Asgard from Malekith's impending forces. During the incursion, it was believed that Odin and Frigga had perished when the Black Bifrost was destroyed, a bridge that was used by the Dark Council to travel to various worlds. Jane, overcome with grief, gave a rallying speech to Earth's heroes, but was interrupted as Thor returned to lead the charge against the Dark Elf. She then joined S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Roz Solomon in an attack against Roxxon forces in Antarctica and recovered the broken fragments of an alternate universe's Mjolnir that had landed on Earth years prior. With this new but familiar weapon, Jane was transformed into her form of Thor. Once again imbued with the power of Mjolnir, she joined Thors from other timelines to rescue Odin and Frigga, who were revealed to still be alive and imprisoned at Stonehenge. In a final confrontation, the original Thor wielded a reformed original Mjolnir to defeat Malekith. During this battle, the damaged alternate Mjolnir Jane wielded was shattered, returning her to her human form. However, a splinter of the weapon formed into a gauntlet that bonded with Jane and became any weapon she needed. Now dubbed the All-Weapon, Jane wondered what this meant for her future. It wasn't long before that question was answered as the Asgardian warriors known as the Valkyries all perished during the War of the Realms. Acting as chaperones to the dead, the Valkyries were tasked with carrying the spirits of the deceased to the afterlife. Reacting to the all-weapon, the spirits of the fallen warriors appeared before Jane, asking her to take up their mantle and mission. Agreeing to act as a warrior for the living and the dead, Jane was once again transformed into her new role as Asgard's new Valkyrie. Jane had a long journey from a supporting character in someone else's story to the hero of an entire realm, but no matter what role Dr. Foster had, she always performed it with the heart of a hero, and in her new position as the Valkyrie, she is sure to do what she does best, heal, defend, and inspire. There you have it, the history of Jane Foster. I hope this gets you prepared to see her return to Marvel Studio Films as she comes back, being featured in Thor Love and Thunder, the fourth Thor film, the second to be directed by Taika Waititi, a director who I love so dearly, and I'm very happy to see him doing more within the Marvel Universe. If you aren't watching the television program What We Do in the Shadows on FX, I highly suggest it. If you love the movie he directed by the same name, you will love this series as it picks up with a different group of vampires living in Staten Island. Stars Matt Berry, who you may be familiar with as the second Mr. Renum from the IT crowd, another favorite show of mine. 
fantastic actor. It's very, it's amazing. Just check it out. But yeah, uh, Jane returns in Thor Love and Thunder in which she will be picking up the hammer and being the female Thor from the comics, which is really cool to see in a live action. It seems like the comic world is picking up stories real quick. Like they're, they're adapting stories from the last 10 years and even less sometimes, which is uh, very cool. But also, uh, I guess because newer comics are probably more relevant to the newer landscape of the world and and therefore they're picking up on that and, and building on those themes which is very neat and i'm excited to see where the marvel world cinematic world goes next so next week will be another of our featured interview series we did one with ed brisson already and this time we will be talking to andrew clark a local independent comic creator a good friend of mine very interesting fellow uh, who I'm sure has a very interesting story. So I'll be talking with him this week, getting that recorded and getting it ready and getting it to you next Saturday, or rather this Saturday, as uh, <laughs> as it would be. So thank you very much for listening to the Graphic Histories podcast. My name is Andre Myatt. Please be sure to subscribe and check out every new episode as they arrive. I look forward to seeing you next week. <laughs>